where nobody knows your name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And boy, James, this is, a, this is an episode and a half. Today we are talking about season six, episode... Wait, let, let me have to do an episode check. I've lost track of the numbers, James. Uh, 11. This Ooh. one goes up to 11. It's when I hit those, uh, those double digits, I get stuck. We're talking about My Fair Clavin, written by Fief Sutton and directed by James Burroughs. This aired on the 10th of December, 1987, James. And my, oh my, what, a, what an episode. It's a sweet episode in some ways. In other ways, it's not. But in some <laughs> ways, it's sweet. It's a, yeah, it's a bit like a coin. Some lines you go, ah, oh, that's nice. Other lines you go, oh, that's, that's not, not great. But I suppose that is the, the story of My Fair Clavin. It's a story of two tales. Obviously, the name comes from My Fair Lady, which I believe you and Troy talked about briefly a couple of episodes back. Oh, we mentioned it, yeah. You know that Cockney musical? (laughs) (laughs) And that's, of course, a a musical about uh, transformation, you know, turning someone from uh, one thing to another. Yeah, exactly. A woman who's who's from the the East End. You know, she's from the streets, John. And this posh gentleman, he goes, "Uh, I can make you posh. And she goes, oh, Gov, I don't think you can. And he goes, yeah, we'll see about that. It's like she's all that. I'm guessing that's another film. It's a Freddie Prinze Jr. film. And uh, yeah, so we get vibes of that. It's been done again and again and again. The Simpsons have done it once. They went, they leaned full parody. They had Willie the Groundskeeper singing My Fair Lady parodies. (laughs) So I'm excited for this episode, James. But where should we begin? I think the cold open. Yeah. But first... Before the cold open, I was—I almost got ahead of myself there. <laughs> this is the first time Kelsey Grammer introduces the show. Is it? That's a long time coming, isn't it? It's the first time he says Cheers is filmed before a live studio audience. He had to he bide his time for that, didn't he? He, he bide it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> well, as we enter the bar for this episode, James, we have uh, two patrons come into the bar. They, they're very similar. They're, of course, twins. I'm seeing double here. Four bar flies. Yeah, identical twins. I should have said that. It's not a, it's not a, what's it, Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of thing. They are identical twins and they're looking for a drink and uh, Woody's about to serve them. But he, he has to ID them, James. Ah. Uh, it's the law. Yeah, it is the law. I did that when I was in a bar and my dad walked in, asked him for ID. Didn't like that. <laughs> Woody checks one of their ideas and then he asks for the other one and they get a bit, uh, I think they get, what do you call it? Antsy. Yeah, I think a bit, a bit needlessly so. They walk out. I would, that wouldn't drive me to walk out, I don't think. Yeah, you could just go, oh, hang on, then do the old switcheroo and go, here it is. Well, I thought it was going to go that way, that they would just hand the same one over. But no, they take their leave, James, and they, they walk out disgruntled. But on the way, Carla stops them for a, a quick chat. Quick interview about twins, because she's expecting twins. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that they showed up. She got to get one question out of the way, which was, do twins have uh, te- telepathy or the, sh- the shining? And I don't know, do they? They seem to think so. Yeah, they, yeah, she, they, they try to creep around a bit. You know, I know, communicate silent, evil thoughts, and I won't know what they're saying about me. You think that's weird? <laughs> We're discussing it. Well, I suppose all we can learn from that cold opening that is potentially twins have ESP and Carla's in for a ride with her expecting children. That's a wild way to kick off this episode, isn't it? 
Yeah, it gets bigger with more news after after the main credits, James, because we find out Cliff has bought a, I was about to say a house. He's bought accommodation. He's moving out of Norm's. Norm's sad to see him go because he'll have to, <laughs> he'll have to spend time with Vera. Yeah, his priorities are always a bit uh, shaken and misaligned. <laughs> but I think it's good for Cliffy, you know? He's moving out some independence. I, I certainly think so. He's got himself a condo. Yeah, he says it's full of beautiful people having the time of their lives. That sounds like the description of a Bret Easton Ellis novel, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the Informers or American Psycho. <laughs> what, a, a, a disgruntled postal worker shows up in a condo? Just it, This is where it gets a bit sort of sinister as we go on through this episode, really. What else is going on in this episode, James? So we've set up the A plot a little bit. What's the spark of the B plot? Uh, Rebecca smoking. It's Rebecca's uh, going to quit smoking. She thinks it's a... She started smoking again to calm her nerves. The pressure of cheers has made her sort of go back to smoking. I think it's just the constant berating from Carla, the stalkering from Sam, and probably the sort of, I don't know what about Woody, the niceness drives her crazy. <laughs> I can't handle out just how, just how lovely he is. God, I need a cigarette. <laughs> but uh, she announces it as a way to uh, sort of force herself to quit. That comes back as we go. Well, yeah, because Frasier has uh, some advice for her. Which is uh, an associated... Psychological version, isn't it? Yeah. uh, She has to set a little bit of a rule which will really put her off from smoking. And uh, it didn't take her long to think of something which she wouldn't want to do. Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. Dr. Crane, I can't even imagine... If I smoke another cigarette, I'll go to bed with you. That sets up some of the drama for the episode, which is Rebecca cannot be caught smoking. She doesn't. She, now she's in the mind frame of she's still going to smoke. She just can't be caught because yeah, she'd have to go through. Yeah, she'd go through with it. And that's bottom of a list of things she wants to do. I mean, it's not contractually binding is it saying if i smoke again i sleep with you she's allowed to change her mind john <laughs> well i mean that everyone well this is the thing you in a logical world yeah you could change your mind in the world of a sitcom james <laughs> everyone seems to take it as like absolute truth but she said <laughs> it's certainty it was in the script <laughs> damn you thief <laughs> And as we uh, segue from the, that setup in the bar, we get to see a, a new apartment, a new location, James. It's Cliff's condo. We also get a tour of uh, Cliff's new apartment, which uh, is a short tour. I did much the same tour when uh, it was to describe uh, my home working environment. I was like, well, here's my office. And if you <laughs> rotate 180 degrees, there's my bed. <laughs> <laughs> On the corner of the bed is this my dining room uh, and the living room is two feet away where the TV is. <laughs> well, Cliff, Cliff has a much similar setup where he goes, this is the bedroom and it's the sofa in the middle of the room. There's a, he points to the kitchen, the dining room. Uh, Norm isn't too impressed. Woody doesn't say much to be fair, but uh, this is where the, we, we say there's like two sides of this coin. The classic, my fair lady, there's the sort of underground kind of bit and the high class bit. He's doing a nice tour, and then he goes, this is the window where I'm going to spy on people in the pool. (laughs) 
And you kind of go, well, that's that's not right. Cliff ushers them out, doesn't he? He ushers Norman Woody out quite yeah. quickly because he's got a special lady friend coming around. Uh, what, what does he say? He's got someone coming over with a sweet voice like a nightingale coming over. And Woody initially thinks it's the busboy from Malville's, which, uh, which Cliff acknowledges by saying, no, it's not Reuben. I don't know. You can't explain these these little one-way lines that come out. I like the fact that there's a far more elaborate world to choose, <laughs> that, that there's in-jokes the characters are making. Isn't one of the other ones uh, Carla's Mechanic or something? Carla's Butcher? Butcher, that's it. Yeah. Off-screen characters. Of course, Vera being the largest one. That's what everyone's put into doubt. Cliff has someone coming over. Cliff has to justify himself and say he means a real, live, breathing woman, three-dimensional, no posters, no polyurethane, poly polyethylene. The the, the inflatable doll <laughs> stuff. Uh, no, no one believes that someone's going to arrive. Did you think someone was going to show up, James, or did you think Cliff was up to no good in his I, neighbourhood? I suspected that no one was going to show up, and he was just trying to put on a face like, yeah, I've got a condo, I've got, you know, I'm popular, go sits, away. Sits there alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a great line about condominiums from Rocky Two. It's at, it's at Rocky's wedding, right? His best man comes up to him and he goes, hey, Rocky, you should invest in, <laughs> you should invest in the condominium. And he goes, no, I never use them. It's my favourite line for that film. That, that isn't where I thought this joke was going. And to be honest, I'm still in a little bit of shock that there's a wedding scene in Rocky. <laughs> but I'm even more surprised that that joke was in the wedding scene. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, you know what? Maybe maybe wedding bells might ring for Cliff here because the person he was talking about is real. What? Yeah, I know. I'm as surprised as you are. And it's none other than uh, Sally. But she seems nice. She seems quite lovely. Yeah, I mean, a, a good fit, I would say, you know. Actually, I, I, Cliff's insane, but, you know, I don't know. They seem to balance each other out. But she's very keen to go out and meet Cliff's friends and not stay in a, a condo the whole time, which is, you know, that's a good thing, you know. From what I can gather on this condo, it's like when you go to these uh, apartment complexes in, like, Spain or something, they've got a pool, everyone's there. Uh, but, you know, you want to go further abroad. You want to see what restaurants the town has to offer. You're going to go, like, say you're in Paphos in Cyprus. You're like, oh, what's down the street? Oh, look, it's a bar. It's much like that. Well, this is the thing, like, Cliff's, Cliff has two big cornerstones of his identity, being yeah. a mailman and Cheers. She was saying, I think maybe you take me to that bar you're always talking about, which is obviously Cheers, unless he's got another bar, I don't know. But uh, he obviously talks about it a lot. He just hasn't took, took her there yet. And I suppose that's what the crux of this episode really is, is she wants to go to Cheers and we find out that uh, Cliff, maybe, uh, this is what, I mean, we talked about how it, there's a bit of a weird side to this episode. Cliff seems a bit embarrassed of her. This was, oh, because I've seen this episode twice. And seeing it the first time and seeing it the second time differed because one of them, I thought he was embarrassed of how she looked. The other time, I thought uh, he was embarrassed of uh, how he'd appear with her. And was, you know, was very self-conscious, perhaps. Ah, oh, the, the classic Nolan effect. On the second watch, you see other stuff. <laughs> the Nolan effect. <laughs> wow, that, we'll have different perspectives on this then, James. Because to me, I was like, Cliff's a bit of an idiot. But may, maybe I'm wrong. He is, though. 
(laughs) (laughs) But we do get a uh, beautiful, beautifully written sort of, actually I say beautifully written, it was a weird kind of set, a a weirdly written back and forth where uh, we've seen quite a few innuendous conversations in Cheers. And there's quite a weird conversation where Cliff seems to be quite persistent to stay in the apartment. Just sort of relax and take it easy and uh, get my tensions relieved, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean. I'll get the lights, huh? All right, I'll, I'll just get comfortable. And I'll uh, meet you on the sofa in about five seconds. All right. <laughs> Have you got the, uh, you know... Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now, here is the host of Jeopardy, Alex Trebek. And obviously, we think he's gearing up to something. Uh, Make a move, isn't he? He's making a move. But then we find out his move is to watch Jeopardy, and he wants to stay home and watch Jeopardy. I mean, I'm all right with that. I mean, I'm all right with that, but it was a <laughs> weird sort of back and forth to get to that point. Yeah. Do you want to watch Jeopardy with, with your romantic interest? You just say... Hey, you want to watch Jeopardy? (laughs) You have to phrase it as a question, John. But we find out that Cliff has a love for Jeopardy and possibly Alec Trebek and maybe Ruben. Let's move on. (laughs) Should we we talk about the the B plot again, James? Yeah. We've talked about how Rebecca's put this sort of self-afflicted bet with herself that if she smokes, she'll have to sleep with Sam, which has got Sam into like a weird mind frame where he's like, persistently wants someone to have eyes on Rebecca because he feels she's going to slip up. Like at one point, a woman comes out of the bathroom and he goes, hey, hey, what was Rebecca doing in there? And the woman rightfully slaps him. Yeah, uh, Sam goes very creepy these days. We saw that in, uh, in what what was the episode? Paint paint my house? Paint paint my house. Uh, Paint paint your office. (laughs) We saw some creepy Sam moves in there. It just continues, really. But there is a great scene where Sam... uh, is sort of smelling around the edges of her office to see if he can smell smoke and uh, very confidently barges in. Oh, is this the uh, cigarette flipping scene? Yeah, this is that, James. She was smoking the cigarette, then put it inside her mouth and then flipped it out in one smooth movement, hands free. (laughs) Do you know the behind the scenes story of this? I know a little bit, but I feel like I knew that you, I, I kind of, I'll be honest, James, I set it up so I knew that you'd come in with the facts. Ah, <laughs> classic, classic John. What happened was that Kirsty Alley told the producers, not sure why she told them, uh, that she could hide a lit cigarette inside her mouth and then flip it out with her with her tongue. And, and the producer went, well, we're obviously going to put that in the show. <laughs> uh, and from that, they went, hey, this character who, in an interview which happened in the late 90s, early 2000s, this was when they revealed that Rebecca as a character could be quite mischievous because in early episodes they were in the conundrum that they had to get her from the front door into her office as quickly as possible because they didn't know what to do with the character. Then when they started seeing her become vulnerable and started seeing her become mischievous, they were like, okay, there's more than just the howister and then allowed the character to have depth, which is interesting. And I think we can see that developing. You know, we've, we're, I suppose we're coming up to sort of a middle season type. We're kind of warming to her now, you know, our character's developing more. Episodes like, Bait My House. I know it's Bait My Office, James, don't worry. Bait uh, Your Office. <laughs> <laughs> that was one in particular. And obviously, um, 
there's been some really nice development over the last few. And yeah, like you say, she's bringing her own talents to it now. It was on the it was on the old CV. Can flip cigarette in mouth. <laughs> well, we've got the role for you. <laughs> but of course, Sam closes the door. She flips the cigarette back out, and then he opens it again and catches her. And uh, Sam has, like, to me, he has a. It's very weird, isn't it? How how he's like, hey, you've got to now. Ha 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 ha! You made a promise. Now back to my place. Sam, Sam, Sam. Much too aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it does really like. I don't know. It's it's a weird uh, thing. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, it's sitcom reality where I don't know. I don't know, James. Where do you? Well, I don't know. It, yeah, it's very much the kind of thing where it's like if you lose this bet, you have to run through school naked or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 up there with the kind of I suppose tropes saying that you'll do a bet with yourself that you don't really want to fall through through, and in no reality anyone ever would. And uh, Rebecca kind of uh, she plays it quite smartly, I guess. Yeah, she uses the old reverse psychology. Yeah, and and really kind of exposes what kind of bet was made, which is a pretty sick and kind of twisted one, which Sam was overjoyed about. I think he he began to realise what he was doing. Yeah. Well, what do you say? Uh, shall we uh, strip down to our smiles here and show the uh, show the couch here a good time? No. <laughs> we'll go to my place. Excuse me. Ooh, you're really going to go through with this, aren't you? Yes, I am. But I want to get one thing straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. My smoking has nothing to do with sexual frustration over you or anyone else. It's just a stupid habit. But I made a pack, so now I'm going to suffer the consequences, no matter how vile or disgusting they may be. Let's go. Well, you don't really want to do this, do you? No, it's all right. I'll just close my eyes and imagine someone appealing. <laughs> Besides, I have a feeling it won't take long. You know, gee whiz, you know, if, you, if you're not going to get in the spirit of this, then I, I just don't want to do it. No, come on, come on, a deal's a deal. No. Now look, I made a pact, I just want to get it over no, with. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> you know, I have some pride, I have some dignity. I tell you what, you find someone else to do your dirty work. Teach you a mess with Sam alone. She asked me to go to bed with her, and I said no. And yeah, as I said, he's very much manipulated in that scenario. Rebecca handles the situation well, but it is a weird situation. Anyhow, I would not like to be in, in Rebecca's situation. I won't want to be in anyone's situation. Nah, just, just <laughs> depressing. <laughs> but amongst all of this, uh, hiding cigarettes and, and trying to. Avoid being caught smoking. Uh, Cliff asks Rebecca for a little bit of advice. He goes, ah, you know, Rebecca, you know, this girl of mine, she's a little bit nervous about the way she looks. Um, Don't remember the exact line, but that's the gist, isn't it? Ah, yeah, yeah, it is. And this is the thing which initially was what I thought was Cliff was nervous about his appearance when he was next to her and he was going to doll himself up. Yeah, by, I don't know, like Burt Reynolds or something. Yeah, he was going to wear a medallion and things like this. <laughs> medallion, we'd see him with a fresh uh, coat of tan. Yeah. That's what I thought this was going <laughs> with, like, a sort of popped collar. Yeah. But no, uh, Cliff is way more shallower than that. He <laughs> he he wanted to give Sally a makeover. What a, like, that's bad on Cliff. It's. I thought it was quite 
strange because at no point did Sally express discomfort. It was just Cliff going, I think she's not good looking enough for cheers. Calm down, Cliff. Yeah, he doesn't make, uh, he puts a suit on, but he doesn't make much effort on himself. No. And uh, while Rebecca's advice is uh, pretty much, uh, you mentioned she's all that before. She just basically says makeover movie. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously a trope in quite a lot of media. Well, they've done it in shoes before with Lily. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Essentially just take someone's glasses off. Glasses off, hair down. Whoa, who are you? Is, is what they're thinking. And uh, so Cliff kind of coaches her through this makeover. Yes. He says, are your eyes glistening? Or I went David Lynch, so that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a strange situation because, again, I don't wear makeup and I'm going to assume if someone hasn't worn makeup regularly, then putting it on for the first or the first time on an infrequent basis, uh, they'd struggle with. You know, it's not like riding a bike, as far as I'm aware. Sitcom land, James. It's a sitcom. <laughs> It's a sitcom land, James. Let it go. <laughs> Cliff was given the instructions from that magazine. That's, you know. After giving her a makeover, Cliff brings her to Cheers. And she's in, um, oh, what do you call it? Like a sort of blue blazer kind of suit? Uh, suit dress. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> <laughs> good old suit dress. <laughs> I feel like that's a good, a, a classic 80s kind of. Shoulder pads and everything. Yeah. Cliff learns a cruel reality very quickly. Or which Sam has to be enforced to him, isn't it? Yeah. Cliff leaves Sally for probably about the best part of 15 seconds to go to the bar to buy her a drink and kind of go to Norman Fraser and uh, he objectifies a bit. Yeah. And he's kind of doled her up and kind of just sort of left her in a seat and went, I'm with her, points her. But in that time, whilst uh, Woody's pouring him some drinks, Sam hits on her. It's because everyone thinks she's one of his cousins. Yeah, which seems to be like a running assumption across everyone in the bar. Yeah. And this is where Sam has to apologise to Cliff and then uh, give him some truths. It's a backhanded apology, isn't it? Yeah. He goes, I'm sorry, Cliff, but she's good looking and she's going to get hit on. Deal with it. And in that time, uh, another 15 seconds later, someone else steps in and starts hitting on her again. Men. I don't know. It's, it's a weird, weird vibe this episode sometimes. It reminds me of, I want to say it's Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he tells Mantis how ugly he thinks she is and then says, this is a good thing because people will treat you <laughs> uh, <laughs> nicely because they don't want anything from you. Similar kind of message. I just think it's kind of like Cliff went a bit weird on this one. He should have just brought her as she was. Yeah. And put Jeopardy on in the bar. That's a good plan. That's a good plan, yeah. I, th- I think that's a good idea. But anyway, amongst this, she uh, she basically finds uh, someone else from the condo. Jeff. Jeff, who, despite living in the same condo as Cliff, owns a Porsche. And uh, she goes out for a ride, which uh, upsets Cliff greatly. Well, yeah, they're courting, my uh, elderly relatives would say, Cliff and Sally. And in the middle of one of these court appointments, that's not the correct phrase, uh, <laughs> she goes off with... Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a weird one because they are essentially, they are in the middle of a date. She's been asking to go there for ages. And then she leaves. Admittedly, she's very, she is intelligent and knows exactly what Cliff's done. But then she does come back and Cliff kind of, uh, he has a little bit of a grudge on his shoulder. He calls her Little Miss Porsche. And they kind of have this back and forth where she says, Is that what's bothering you? This makeup? 
Is that what all this is about? Well, yeah, you gotta admit before you put it on, you were a, you were a sweet thing who were, were content to sit by a dear friend's side on an evening and watch a rousing, wholesome game of Jeopardy. So, all I have to do to make things right between us is take off all this silly makeup and go back to being the way I was? Oh, you, you do that for me? No way. <laughs> I like the way I look in makeup. Do you know what? That's a good ending for me. Cliff didn't treat her well. No, and she says she'll stick with Cliff. But she going to wear makeup. And Cliff strangely goes, well, I don't like you wearing makeup because, because other men you find you attractive, as attractive as I find you. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and then he ends with the line, I'm a big enough person not to let appearance get in the way of our relationship. And then uh, she starts to sort of uh, try and change Cliff with a few different things, saying he wears funny white socks, his moustache looks like it's cut with a butter knife, and he should consider joining a gym. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the end of the episode. I think it was a fun one. There was, like we said, it was kind of a, a, a flip. You could flip a coin and it may be a sleazy line or it may be a sincere line and we just didn't know what we were going to get with every second. That's true. Should we talk about the guest list? There's some reliability with the guest list, isn't there? Yeah, let's talk through the, the guest cast. Karen Akers as Sally. She also appeared in Heart to Heart, The Purple Rose of Cairo, The Equalizer, Heartburn and Vibes as well as multiple stage shows of which she was Tony nominated. Philip Arthur Ross as Philip. He also appeared in And the Children Shall Lead, Crime of Innocence, Lucky Stiff, Beverly Hills 90210, Whatever Happens to Baby Jane, and others. <laughs> Stephen Robert Ross as the same, for him and Philip are twins. John Allen as Jeff. He also appeared in Harbormaster, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, Hawaii Five-O, Magnum P.I., Journey Loves Chachi, Trapper John M.D., Remington Steel, Knight Rider, V, Who's the Boss, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and many more. Philip Pullman was uncredited as Phil, and Al Rosen was uncredited as Al. Another uncredited bar patron, just labelled as bar patron on IMDb, is Wendy Wells Gunkel. She also appeared in Little House on the Prairie, Stir Crazy, Top Gun, Family Ties, 21 Jump Street, Night Court, Growing Pains, Miss Congeniality, Miami Vice, CSI Miami, Rush Hour 3, and Dexter, and many others. Interestingly, she was in the Navy for 12 years and served on the flagship for the 7th Fleet in Yokosuka. You, you really do a lot of digging on these people, James. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no facts are safe. <laughs> And I tell you what, as we're talking about facts being safe, should we go into the trivia, James? Because I think I hear the trivia bell. Oh, look, it's Cliff back from his terrible date. <laughs> so, of course, we've got some questions for you. But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. So who's starting, John? I can kick off, James, with a good question. Cliffy's obviously moved into his brand new apartment, but what housewarming present does Norm bring him? Five beers? Yeah, he initially brings a six-pack, takes one, and then goes a five-pack. Classy. First question, what nickname does Carla have for Rebecca? Oh. It's related to the old Smoky Smoke. Ah, the big big bad wolf. No, but that's, that's a good one. No, it's... Uh... It's Madame Nicotine. That, that's better. 
Sounds like a sort of Spider-Man villain. Like a like a Madden Web. <laughs> Got a big question for you here. The portrait Cliff has mounted in his kitchen is of who? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I did not notice a portrait. It's a uh, Preston R. Tish, who was the postmaster general at the time of filming, although he had been replaced by Albert V. Casey by the time the episode was aired. I feel like Cliff must do like some kind of vow to it every morning. And he puts his white socks on. <laughs> James, my question for you is, uh, where does Sally work? Where does... Yarn Barn. Yarn Barn. You got that one. And uh, she just got Employee of the Month. Well, tied for Employee of the Month. <laughs> is that a pun? It must be, yeah. Tied, because... <laughs> yarn. Well, that's the last call, James. What an episode. It was an episode. Did you say it was an episode? <laughs> I did. Yeah, I was excited. If you'd like to get bonus episodes, then check out our Patreon. Yeah, we'll have something coming next week, which is uh, something to look out for. So check out our Patreon. A festive treat, perhaps. Ah, baby. Ooh. We're in the winter months. Yeah. But until then... Oh, until then, we've got to decide what we're going to have this episode as a, a toast, James. As a house special, uh, I think something that... I've got a good answer, James, if, if, you're, if you're... I was going to say something that is bland, but then you can make it more exciting, like toast. Okay, so one, <laughs> one option is toast, or we can have that five-pack that Norm dropped off. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> you can stick to your toast if you want. <laughs> I'll have your five-pack. We'll go for the five-pack then. So as we uh, crack open some of these fresh beers, uh, we'll toast this episode. Cliff's got a new home. He's in a condo. I think that's the only change. Maybe we'll see Sally again. Maybe we won't. Who knows? This has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. <laughs>